Well, surprise, surprise, Naomi Novik has me hooked on yet another book. <laughs> uh, she might be one of my, she's probably one of my favorite writers now. Like, the Timberwire series was already, like, really one really good series, but now Uproot is just, like, I'm going to I'm gonna have to read that uh, Magic School book series she apparently has uh, and figure out what that's all about, because I am going nuts over Uprooted. Okay, so, got to get back on track. So, everybody, welcome back to the Dragon's Library. This is, you know, me around again. Uh, I just got finished listening to Uprooted literally, like, a few minutes ago. I powered through it because I'm like, I really want to talk about this, so let's finish the last, the last you know, epilogue chapter and be done. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and get my first gripes out of the way first here. Okay? It's a little warning that I think everyone should have. I would recommend you read it and not listen to it. See, the book is really, really good. It kept my attention all the way through, and I love it so much. I love the characters. They're all really interesting. The world she crafted is really interesting. The ending is almost, like, kind of sad and happy at the same time in that kind of melancholy way that I really love. Like, where the character has really grown so much, they're almost, like, world-weary but still optimistic. I've always loved endings like that. You know, like, where the entire world just seems to, like, grow silent and the character goes off into the wilderness or whatever to slowly rebuild, like, some kind of world-weary nature spirit or whatever. I've loved those kind of endings, and this one gives you that. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is a super spoiler, but, like, come on. Uh, anyway. The, um... Yeah, it's really good. It's <clears throat> For those of you who don't know, uh, this is Uprooted. It's a book by Naomi Novik. Uh, the... Story is about a girl named Ashanka. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, Ashanka. And she lives in a small kingdom, um, in a small region of that kingdom, more specifically, that borders a sort of uh, Lovecraftian style, like demonic woods area. So the woods around there are filled with this corruption that, you know, creatures will come out of there and take people. People that go in don't come out, or if they do come out, they're, like, changed and wrong, and they try and spread the corruption. Um, you know, that kind of forest or spooky folklore stuff that uh, Grim Fairy Tale loved. <laughs> uh, but, like, tiled up to, like, actual, like, horror sometimes. Like, seriously, there's some body horror in this stuff. Uh, it's really creepy at times. The, the woods are definitely... Definitely one day we know Vix uh, more terrifying creations. I will give it that. And of course, like most stories of the horror monster, the real message is it was the humans were the real monsters all along. Ugh. I, I, uh, it's it's so predictable, but it's so true. So why not? <laughs> uh, so um, Ashanka's village, it, their their kingdom is protected from the woods by a powerful wizard called the Dragon. Um, yeah, I know. Every book I have has to have a connection to dragons. I'm sorry. It's just the way I love. Oh, just just what I love. I'm sorry. It's just the way I live. I I'm I'm I, I would apologize, but like, come on, it's dragons. Dragons are amazing. Anyway, he's not an actual dragon though. He's just a wizard, and that's just what he's called. It's the nickname. Uh, we also see like the hawk and a few other people like that. Uh, that's their wizard name or whatever. They get a new name for themselves. So. Uh, every ten years, he chooses a girl and, you know, has them live with her, him for a few years. For ten years. And then he, you know, brings them back to the village. Uh, they're usually a bit changed by the experience. They just don't fit in with the village anymore. They usually take their dowry that was given to them with the dragon 
and they uh, use it to go to university, maybe in like one of the larger cities, and they usually have a pretty good life afterwards. So it's sort of like a, hey, we're never going to be able to see you again, but you will live a good life. But also the undercurrent of he probably, you know, assaulted them or whatever, because it's nobles and peasants thing. Um, which isn't true, we later learn, but still. So, um, Ashanka is so, uh, the whole village is convinced to, like, the perfect girl in their village, not Ashanka. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Kasia? Kasia? Kasia, I think. Um, she is, like, you know, she's the prettiest, she's always really good at everything she does. Meanwhile, Ashanka, even though she was born in the year where she'll be able to write age to be taken by the dragon, she's, you know, always getting dirty, always, not perfect, but, you know, charming. Everybody likes her, but she's not, like, you know, the village darling. Which is kind of ironic, because being the village darling also makes everyone look at you a pity, because he always takes the girl who's the most special, and, uh, you know, it was pretty clear from a young age that Cassia was probably going to be taken by him. But he comes by the village, and twist, he takes Ashanka. Uh, so she has to live with the dragon now. And they actually deal with the fact that Cassia had been, you know, raised her entire life by her family. Like, they loved her, but they also kind of kept her at a distance because they knew she was going to most likely be, you know, live ten years with a mysterious wizard they almost never see. And then, you know, most likely take her dowry, move away, and go live somewhere, you know, nicer. They weren't going to see her. They weren't really going to interact with her. And so it later comes up in the story, you know, the resentment, uh, the guilt of the parents, the resentment of the child, and then the resentment Cassia and her parents had for Ashanka, you know, because it was so clear that Ashanka was never going to be chosen. And, the, you know, the, um, the pride her parents had in her, you know, not being special, uh, the, you know, joy she had in the idea that Cassia was going to be taken, even though she hated it because she, you know, was really good friends with her. But she was also relieved that she was not going to be taken. Uh, and even, like, the hate she kind of felt when she was taken and Cassia wasn't. It was, you know, we would all come to terms with it, but the dragon changed things. And we later find out why. And this isn't a huge spoiler because it comes up pretty early. But um, the reason he chose her instead of Cassia, because he usually does just choose, you know, someone as a companion. But he happened upon there and she has magic. She can, you know, she's a witch. So when, she, when he saw that she had magic, she he actually had to take her because there are rules. Because the woods will corrupt people, but if it takes a, a witch or a wizard, it will turn them into like hideous monsters, like even worse than normal. And so it's really dangerous for uh, witches and wizards to go untrained. So they are automatically taken into like no, like basically just being a witch or wizard and having it discovered is like automatically makes you like above even most nobles status wise. But you also have to agree to get trained. You have to be, you know, protected. You also should probably not be by the woods unless you're the person guarding it, like the dragon. So, yeah. Um, and it was all really interesting. Like, I love the world building. We slowly learn about this world from Ashanka's view. You know, we start out with this person who's, yeah, she's lived by the woods. She knows about, like, the walkers, the strange tree things that will take people and they'll never be seen again. Or if they are, they'll seem wrong and twisted. Uh, we, you know, hear about the wolves, the infection. We all hear about bird treasure, but all the stuff with the dragon is, you know, mysterious, because they only see them once every, like, ten years, or when their village is, like, on fire, uh, or being attacked by the woods. woods. Uh, so we learn about potions and how magic works. From Ashanka's view, who's not told anything, he just starts, you know, making her cast spells, and she takes her a while to realize, well, wait, I'm a witch? Like, yes, that's why I took you. It's like, don't you know all of this? It's like, no! 
we we we're like peasants. Nobody tells us anything, and it's just it's just kind of funny watching it. I mean, he's kind of a dick at first, but like you get it partially because uh, it's partially later explained that. See, in this this world, witches and wizards are basically biologically immortal. They stop aging after a certain point, and it's implied they do eventually die of old age, but they die like really late, like. You know, you can live for like a thousand years kind of late. Like, century, living for multiple centuries is a regular thing. Uh, there's actually a really funny part when they go to the capital. Uh, spoiler alerts, actually. Okay, so from this point on, spoiler alerts. This is like, that's the basic premise. Um, the woods are getting evil. There's political shenanigans. She has to learn magic. And, uh, you know, this untrustworthy kind of village guardian kind of person is the one teaching her. So, that's enough drama. On to spoiler section. So, as I was getting to, um, with witches and wizards, there was actually this really funny one. It's like, he's like the high priest. And at first it's like, wait, how's a wizard a high priest? It's like, oh, wait, he was like a priest. He's like the high bishop or whatever. And he's like, oh, wait, he was a priest. And then after like 50 years, they suddenly realized, hey, wait, you're not aging. <laughs> because apparently wizards and witches are just like that rare. Even like, it's not even like your kids are automatically witches and wizards, because that'd make it too easy. Uh, we talk with, like, the wizard forge master or whatever. The witch who's, like, the forge master and crafts, like, an awesome little sword. Um, awesome swords and arrows and stuff. And she mentions that's like, yeah, I know I know that guy's a dick, but, like, he's the only one of my great-grandchildren who had magic. And, like, none of my children or grandchildren had magic, so can you just, like, cut him so- Look, he'll help us, okay? It's a- he'll help us. I know he acts kind of annoying, but he's on our side. That much I can tell. He's family. Uh, and I was just like that moment of like, oh, wow. That must be depressing. And like all of the witches and wizards are like at least a century old. All the other ones we meet aside from Ashanka are that old. And they all give this kind of world-weary, we've seen everyone we love die. We've been betrayed so many times. We've been used. Political shenaniganery is just the way the world works. You get used to all the people dying as a result of your decisions. Don't worry. that The guilt eventually goes away. <laughs> and it's like, jeez, people? That's a little depressing. Like, you think, think a century wouldn't be enough to make you all sourpusses, but apparently it is. I guess, I guess if you were living a century in medieval times, I guess that would be. But, like, still. Um... And the wood eventually gets expanded upon more as a villain. I actually really like what they did with it. Until the very end, like, we don't find out the truth about the wood until, like, near, like, what, like, chapter, like, 29 out of 30? Uh, 32? So, like, the very end of the book. And it's come off as this, like, very devious and corruptive force that, like, always, most of its plans are, like, it threw a few pieces down that could be a part of, like, 20 different plans. And just sees how other people react to it and changes its plans accordingly. Uh, the metaphor used is it's a tree, so it's not every one of its seeds will bloom. It throws them out there in large uh, groups and watches for the ones that actually sprout. You know, that kind of thing. That kind of master planner that makes it seem like everything was part of the devious plan, but it was more they threw pieces out and were reacting to how we reacted. Um... And eventually it gets expanded upon more, like what happened there. There, you know, there's remnants of, hey, it already wiped out this other kingdom before us. What's the deal there? And um, I think it comes off really well, actually. I love most of the, I, well, okay, I love, love and hate most of the characters. Like, you're going to either really hate some of these characters or you're really going to like some of them. Um, the Forge Master is cool. She's awesome. I actually really liked her. The bishop's kind of, he's kind of a mixed bag, but he also has this, like, there's this thing where Ashanka's, like, she finds, like, a corrupted book, 
uh, in their like discarded like the the books that couldn't handle the his standards for their library. And she finds it because she's had you know encountered the wood a few times. She's pretty good at sensing its magic. Um, and she shows it to them, and she's like, "Are you gonna burn it?" He's like, "You get this feeling." He's like, "Burn a book!" And it's just this wonderful mode of character building where he's like. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, it's like, I would never burn a book. It's like, it's just these little things with him. Um, doesn't end well for him, though. Damn, that book. He, he really should have burned that book. Then again, McQueen was being possessed and all. Yikes, the whole meat puppet thing. Ew. Yeah, uh, there's political drama with, like, the, um, youngest prince who wants to find his mother who was taken by a foreign prince into the, um, Woods a long time ago. Eventually, it's learned that he was encountered a, that corrupted book that Ashanka found, uh, which tossed him to kidnap the queen and bring her into the woods, which eventually led to her being in prison for 20 years. And we later learned it is possible to save people. They're a little vague on the time for a while. And eventually, near the end of the book, we learned, yeah, you can only really be saved if you're like in there for like a week. She was in there for 20 years. It basically hollowed her out into a meat puppet that then, well, puppeted. And used to cause a civil war that nearly killed every single character. Yeah. That kind of thing. This this book gets really bloody near the end. Um, uh, warning, kids. Uh, be ready for some pretty messed up stuff. Between the, like, the whole tree murder, possession, the corruption, acting like almost like a disease, diseased magic, uh, the body horror... Twisting, you know, twisting people into monstrosities, literally turning some people into like tree hybrids. Uh, there's, there is definitely some body horror, uh, some very graphic differences of war. It's all used to very effective. Like Naomi Novik is really good, at, like immersing you in a time period. She did it great in the Temporary series, and she really makes you feel this like distant, you know, ages, medieval kind of time period relates to it, this very primal magic. Like, it's really, like, a lot of the, the spells are considered, are talked about more like they're building a house out of magic and watching it, you know, glitter in the sunlight or whatever. And it's, it's just a, I love the descriptions of this magic. And then there is the voice acting. See, I got the Audible version of this book, and I like Audible. I do. This isn't a plug or anything. I just really like Audible. I think they usually have pretty good um, voice actors. But the voice actor for the Audible version is just like, and then we did like this. And it's just really stuttering. Like, it almost, it sounds like it's, a, it's this weird uncanny valley effect where it doesn't sound robotic enough to be computer generated, but it still sounds computer generated, you know, like the intonation and everything. And I just, the entire time I was listening to it, like, I really wanted to listen to more story, but every, every hour or so I just had to stop because the voice acting was grating on me so much. And I was so upset by that because Naomi Novik is a great writer. Like, a really, really good writer. Uh, I love her stuff. I love... Look, I know the Temporary series kind of runs out of gas near the end. Uh, I'm probably not going to do the later books. I know, I know. So sad. Because I just feel like the later books run out of series. I might do Empire of Ivory eventually. Um, because I think the ending to that one is really good, and I might do the League of Dragons, but I'm not doing the Australia stuff. I'm definitely not doing the Japan, Japan stuff, because that entire amnesia plot line was dumb. And um, it's, it's the only bad book of that entire series, quite frankly. And I'm de and I and I'm probably not doing the Russian thing because the entire cast just came off as tired by that point. Which I get the point is that the point is Lawrence has lost literally everything to this. 
and they finally managed to take down Bonaparte in Russia, and, you know, happy endings, yada, 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 but it's still one of those moments where it's like, yeah, I felt done with this, and the rest of the cast felt really tired and done with it, too, and just, like, this new level of cruelty in Russia. This isn't a Tamara series review. Sorry, I got off topic. I really apologize. But what I'm saying is, Naomi Nobuki is really good at immersing you in an area. She's on, you know, her talents are in full display in this book. Um, I would highly recommend anyone who liked the Temeraire series reading this. If you just like magic systems in general, this one has a pretty cool one. And if you like kind of like dark fantasy, like dark fantasy actually means dark fantasy, as in it tackles some serious subjects, it treats its characters, you know, actual maturity and respect. Yeah, this is a really good series to do that. I think it is definitely... Uh, one of her better works that I've read so far. Granted, I've only read the entire Temeraria series and this, so... Uh, <laughs> but it's definitely up there with either um, the first Temeraria book or the ending of Empire of Ivory for me, which, you know what? I'm, I'm just... I'm all on board. I'm going to read the rest of the Naomi Novik stuff and nobody else can stop me. Nobody can stop me. It's going to be a day. We're going to have a Naomi Novik week. No, we're not going to do that. No, no. I like to keep some variety, so we'll be seeing that. Um, I'm going to keep on with the horror and body horror theme, and I'm just going to probably watch, listen to that, uh, go watch that Resident Evil uh, TV series or whatever it's on Netflix. So look out for that soon. Um, and speaking of Resident Evil, I should probably review that game. I should probably go buy that game so I can play it, because it looks fun. It looks like Resident Evil 4, and I like Resident Evil 4. Yeah. We got review Resident Evil 4. Who knows? We'll see where the wind takes us. But you can definitely count on that Resident Evil series as our Tuesday review. All right. Guess we're all good. All right, then. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library two. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.